May the will of God be your only desire. Well, my sweet family of heart dwellers, I've been about the Lord's business while you were listening to our interview with Dr. Sherry. I'm almost done with the painting. I've written two new songs, and I'm honing my skill on the keyboard and vocals so that I can bring them to you really soon. Each day I discover how Thanksgiving plays such a central role in my life, how happy Father God is when he hears me thanking him, how happy Jesus and Holy Spirit are as well. So two out of three songs are about giving thanks. I'd really like to do a thank you album. So important is this attitude of heart. One of the songs is very childlike and simple, and I think I'll finish that first. The other song has a marvelous melody, and I'm still working out the words. Wondering if I'm too compulsive about composing lyrics. I like to pack a lot of meaning into my songs, but I also like the simplicity of less lyrics. I've been very influenced by Julie True. She is so anointed, but she does her thing, and I'm going to be doing mine. Still, she's had a good impact on me. But maybe something much more simple would please the Lord. I'm just asking you to pray for clarity for me. And for those of you who delight in snagging me with confusion and opposition, you are truly serving God's ends quite well by teaching me perseverance and spiritual warfare. This, in turn, I will share with our heart dwellers. So thank you for that. Well, my dear family, I cannot stress enough to you how hindering seeds of resentment and bitterness are and how easy they are to get. The Lord has sent out the invitation to come up higher, and with that he's warned, count the cost. How unfortunate for the soul who puts their hand to the plow and then turns back to the comfort of a mediocre life in the world. I'll share that with you in this message Jesus gave me. But what I want to stress here is that when you respond with rancor in any situation, you have just opened the door to a demon, a seed, and the damage that demon will do, including pardon the harsh words, vomiting and defecating on you, as well as blackening the inside of your heart. And from your heart, the blood pumps, and it takes this to the extremities and to every part of your body, and it does affect your health. Rick Joyner was shown this very clearly in his dreams. And if you haven't read him, please do. He's truly a prophet of holiness. So Ezekiel and I have been catching ourselves in this rancor and taking it immediately to the Lord. You know, it's funny how I'll I'll quip about, I'll open the window and he'll come behind me and close it. Well, guess what? I get seeds of resentment from that. And I am having to deal with that because I want my heart to be a sweet place. So there are just so many different ways that you can get these seeds. As a result of catching myself in this and repenting immediately, the Lord Jesus is becoming clearer and clearer in our communications. I hear him at will, and sometimes when I don't will, like abstaining from butter, 
It is amazing how clear and present his voice is 24-7. Much of that has to do with my decision to do whatever he tells me to do. No more holding on to a little portion of mine here and there. I have turned it all over to him. God help me. And what clarity has resulted in this resolution, fueled by grace. All I can say, heart dwellers, is the very moment you offend charity or Holy Spirit, retire to a private place, kneel, and ask God to help you with repentance. Especially deeply heartfelt repentance. If kneeling is impossible for you, at least kneel in your heart. Anyway, I can't tell you what marvelous breakthroughs I've had as a result of practicing this faithfully. I don't dare undertake anything until I've checked my heart for seed and asked Holy Spirit to please show me what's there in my heart that shouldn't be. So that's what I wanted to share with you. And now for the Lord's message. Jesus began, As you get closer and closer to me, relying always on my wisdom and will from moment to moment, you will find that your life will straighten out and soar. Wow, I can really see that. I am so much more creative and released to create than I was before. These things that have held you back will no longer be an issue in your life. My dearest Claire, I want moment-to-moment obedience and deferring to me in everything. This pleases me more than you can possibly imagine. This makes you moldable, tractable, someone I can easily steer, a vehicle that responds to the driver. In this way I dodge many bullets, many traps of the enemy to swerve you off course. To live this way and be at peace. This is the pinnacle of the Christian walk, and this is absolutely the most important place to be next to charity. Many cannot hear me because they're not willing to let go of their own agendas. When they begin to have success in hearing me, I ask something of them that causes them to feel insecure and threatened. Well, all of a sudden they can't hear me anymore or get confirmations. Of course, the enemy is well aware of this and being the opportunist that he is takes full advantage of them throwing more and more confusing demons into the mix until they're thoroughly confused and resort to the counsel of their families, friends, and even other spiritual people, counsel that will not threaten that security. You artfully dodged me for years, Claire. Had you responded as Sherry has, there's no telling where you would be right now in my kingdom and ministry and the happiness that would be yours. I'm not chastising you, my precious love. I'm merely stating the facts. But I never gave up on you, Claire. Aren't you glad? Oh, dear God, yes. I've never been happier or felt more fulfilled than I do right now. Yes, and that is the fruit of obedience. I cannot take a soul down the road of their destiny, what I created that poor, unless they turn over complete control to me. So many rely on their social standing and are petrified of being stripped down to beggar status. 
but there is no one on this earth or in heaven that has more status before me than one who has become a beggar for me. Yet the very thought of becoming a no one from nowhere, going nowhere, is seriously threatening because their reality is the world and worldly security and status. What they are missing because of this is the most cherished state a human can aspire to, and that is to be my beloved spouse, one with me, given up totally to me. One who has this reality could care less how others look at them. They could care less if they missed a meal or were fed. They care not where they sleep. Their only care is not to lose me. And because of that, I care for them and look out for all of their needs supernaturally. But when one resorts to the comfort of their family, it's over. As it is written, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10.36 and 37 These are not just pretty words. These are a rule of life. When you are contemplating entering a monastery and giving up your children, I revealed to you that it was not my will nor my plan for your life, and you continue to be their mother. Everything hinges on obedience. When the conscience of a soul is corrupted by the world, they must constantly have a fail-safe net beneath them. And so they continue to belong to the world while on the outside pretending to belong to me. Their life is a confused mess because they're trying to serve two masters, God and mammon, or the world and money. So I work with them as closely as they will permit, coming through for them time after time. But there comes a point where I must let them off the hook, so to speak, and allow them to go their own way without hindrance. I grieve over this because I see what could have been and the souls they could have brought back into my kingdom before it was too late for them. So they go back into the world being led again by their own ideas. For many it is too late. For others I will try again and again. But each time their heart grows harder. Their lives are entirely taken up with their own personal drama, which they create in abundance. And that's what steers their life. Oh, how I wish I could have been at the helm. But they would not have it. I sent them the best of my counselors, lest they sin by blaming me. But I didn't know. It's a common cry which condemns them as I show the many people I sent to guide them. But how could I tell if they were right? Is always the next objection. And then I play the tape for them. The time I visited them in the spirit and confirmed solidly that direction over and over again. I showed them how they did indeed know and chose their own way 
nonetheless. Do you see, Claire, I spare nothing bringing the rebellious into my service. But when they refuse to have me, there's nothing more for me to do but find another vessel who truly loves me enough to lay down their lives for me and give that assignment to them. Concerning the present situation, there was a stronghold of legalism in that town I was sending them to. There were young people crying out for understanding and older people injured by the many false ways and rules of men. The fresh perspective and anointing I had given that vessel would have been very fruitful. But he did not trust me to care for his needs. Rather, he ran to the comfort of his family and returned to the world. Perhaps there will come another opportunity. Perhaps not. But with each successive attempt, the heart hardens. Grace is lost. One becomes more set and comfortable in their own ways. Yet not only is it my nature to be merciful, but also never to give up and send more vessels fasting and praying, counseling and guiding. But as I told you from the very beginning of this situation, this one's heart does not belong to me. But the talk is so holy, Lord. The mouse utters many things, but a man is proven by his fruits. And here there is nothing but disorder and confusion. My people, please do not sign up to be my vessel unless you're willing to be broken and ground into fine powder, then rehydrated by the living waters of my spirit and reformed by my very own fingers. The making of a vessel unto honor is a messy business. The pot must be broken and every vestige of the old life must be given up and ground to a powder if not given up in fact and in practice, at least given up by resolution and continued attempts at obedience. A potter must work the mass with his hands and slam the clay down on the slab to remove the hidden air bubbles, the pride, which will cause the vessel to burst in the pressure and temperatures of a kiln. Unless that lump of clay is willing to be slammed down repeatedly with great injury done to their pride, that clay is useless to me. It will only explode under pressure, and pressure is what is necessary to bring that vessel to completion and into my service. So I entreat you, if you're showing up and offering yourselves to serve me and are not prepared to sustain heavy losses, losses of all you are, all you have been and all you could be in the world. If you're not willing to have the pride pounded out of you, please, don't weary me with a double mind. Rather stay in the world until you're fully sick to death of it and truly are willing to go through anything to serve me. I will still love you I will still hope for you. I will still be there for you. But we will not have a working relationship, nor the sweet fellowship I enjoy with my pride. Nonetheless, I will love and provide for you. Nothing will change. 
I will still take you to heaven. But your life will be lackluster, lukewarm, and dull. There will be piercing remorse when you see others promoted and doing what you once dreamed of doing. You may even fall into envy and jealousy, which reflects a hidden desire in you that you were never willing to die to have. My people, many are called. Few are chosen. And sadly, much to my dismay, even fewer respond. <laughs>